I got a call uh, this week. Uh, somebody left a message on my answering machine in my office. And it was a young lady who uh, was all excited that uh, she was getting married. And she uh, wanted uh, me to, to do the wedding. And I said, well, that's nice. And she goes, but we don't, we don't want to get married at St. Pants. So when this happens, sometimes uh, they're from other parishes and they know us through something and they want us to come to their parish to the wedding, which we do. But she goes, but also, uh, this is her message, uh, we don't want to get married in a church either. Uh, so <laughs> that's a wrinkle. Um, because, you know, as you know, uh, for a Catholic, uh, you know, you, we're all bound in, in the married life, the married vocation, to get married in the church, right? We, you know, we'd love to do uh, destination weddings. Uh, I'd love to uh, travel to warmer climes to do a wedding for you on a beach somewhere. But, you know, <laughs> we don't do that uh, because the church is important and it's the community gathered around you. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's everybody gathered around the married couple. It's the married couple gathered here around the altar to receive the Eucharist and to have a, a Catholic priest or deacon officiate. Right? So we can't, even if I wanted to, uh, I couldn't do it. They were planning on getting married, or they're planning on getting married in a hotel. And they just wanted a priest there. And, and so, you know, uh, putting all that, you know, canonical stuff aside, you know, you have to to get married in a church to have it be sacramental. It's still legal. You got the license from the state, but it's not a sacrament unless you do it here or in a church with a priest right, or a deacon. So putting all that aside, uh, my first reaction to this phone call, my, my knee-jerk momentary reaction was, boy, that's a, that's a pretty bold thing to ask, right? Because she even said in the conversation, in her message, yeah, I know you probably can't do this, but I, I, had, to, I had to ask. So she even knows, but she, you know, they, they want to get married at this place, not a church. So my, my knee-jerk reaction was, boy, that's just a, that's a really uh, bold thing to do. And, 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 but that was just momentary, because then I sat there for a second after I had written down her name and number, and... Uh, you know, they're not from the parish and all this, putting in information there on a piece of paper, that uh, there's something else going on in here. That was my, my second thought. And I'm not going to figure out what that thing is unless I have a conversation with her. And that conversation can't happen this way. It can't be me saying, hey, this is, uh, this is uh, Monsignor from St. Pat's. You called. You want to get married. How dare you? <laughs> you know, can you imagine if I did that? How, how off-putting that would be? You know, this woman who is just trying, trying in some way to do something correct. And for me to blast her or be judgmental, would totally shut down whatever opportunity is, is there for us to have, have, some kind of, uh, have some kind of grace. What needs to take place here is when I call, is say, hey, can we, can we get together and maybe come by the office? And if you don't want to come by the office, I'll meet you for coffee. You know, can we do that? And, and hopefully in that conversation that would take place, that f the first thing that I would do is, is not to say, hey, just for your own information, what you asked was crazy. 
All right, so that's not how you started. That's not how you ended either. But that's, uh, it's, it's the moment where, if you look at Jesus, whatever time, and whenever he does anything with anybody, he touches them, he talks to them, he asks them what they want, he looks at them, he, he embraces them in some way, he gets to know them. So isn't that what we should do in a moment like this? Rather than show judgment and, and, and get angry or you know, just feel like we, you know, we're being taken advantage of, isn't this the moment where if we just stop for a second and think and pray for inspiration from the Holy Spirit to tell us what to do in this moment, that the, what we would do is say, hey, tell me about yourself. What's your name? Where'd you guys meet? Why'd you fall in love? Why do you want to get married? What are you looking for in your married life? What do you guys do for a living? Tell me about that. What do you, what do you like to do for fun? To develop a relationship. Don't you think? Isn't this how we're supposed to do it? Now, so in that moment of relationship, where there's an experience, not of judgment, of, but of a, this is the church reaching out to me. Not to, not to get angry, but to just say, let me help you. There's a, there's a connection made there, and that's, that's, and that's an act of love, right? So, see, brothers and sisters, what this woman has revealed just in that short message was that there's something that has happened in her life that she doesn't want to be in the church. But there's also something that's going on that she does want the church there with her. She wants a priest there. What is that? And this is what we all, we're on for this with everybody we know. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got an experience of something. And for us to be able to discern what is needed in the moments of our life with the people that are with us is to open ourselves to each other so that the Holy Spirit might reveal the deeper desires of that woman's heart. What is that? Maybe, and, and maybe I'll find out that you know, she had a bad experience in the church. Maybe a priest yelled at her in confession you know, 10 years ago. It, wasn't, it, I, it wouldn't have been me because I don't yell. Uh, Father Claydar does, but I don't do that. <laughs> no, he does not. He's very nice. He's very nice. Um, maybe uh, her parents had a bad experience. Maybe she just is dealing with a fiancé that isn't religious and doesn't want to do anything. And this is her way of compromising. Maybe she just isn't feeling it in terms of religion. Do you know how many young people are out there who just have sort of walked away and they're only doing things in a religious sense because that's what their parents want? Or the mom and dad aren't going to pay for my wedding unless I at least have a priest there? Maybe that's it. How many times have we run into that? You know, maybe she uh, you know, went to a Catholic college that deconstructed her faith. That happens too, doesn't it? And, you know, maybe she just hangs out with a group of people that don't believe in God. And she's sort of just gone the way of least resistance. 
There's so many reasons, but am I going to find that out by getting angry and all judgmental on her? No, that's not going to do any good. The opportunity is there for me to have this conversation and hopefully open up through my, my showing love and respect to her, maybe what will open up in her heart will be that deep desire. What's really there? She loves this guy. And somewhere in there, that is connected to her love for God. And she's just trying to hold it together. Now, am I going to say, yeah, because you're so nice and you've revealed this to me and we've had this conversation and you bought me a nice uh, cappuccino that uh, I'll, I'll come to the hotel and do the wedding? No. Not at all. It's not going to happen. But what might happen is that through this experience with these two, maybe this is what the Lord's plan was and somehow they are going to come around and even if they don't get married in the church, maybe a year or two, maybe when they have their kids baptized, maybe when their kids are, you know, it's time for them to receive their sacraments and they don't go to Mass but they do their sacraments because that's what they do socially, maybe somewhere in there they're like, you know what? Remember that time that that priest met us for coffee and he talked to us like he loved us and respected us? There's something, and we need that now. Rough patch in their marriage, whatever it is. Here's the thing. We all got stuff like that. Where we have experienced the love of Jesus Christ through another person. And in that experience, we were healed, we were enlivened, we were strengthened, we were moved, we, were, we grew, we were more fulfilled, we discovered our true joy and happiness, whatever it might be. It might be your spouse, it might be your kids, it might be just somebody you met on the street, but somehow this is how the Lord works. He catches us unawares and he takes advantage of the opportunities that are presented in our daily lives to present grace to us that we might be healed. And in that healing, we experience his love. And in that love, we begin to see the lives of other people in a way that makes us want to share that love that we have received with them. What, is, what does Paul say? Time's running out. Do it now. Those having wives, husbands, acting is not having them. Those weeping and rejoices is not weeping and rejoicing. Those buying is not owning, using the world, not using the world. What is that about? That means right now, you have an opportunity by grace to enter into somebody's life and make their life better. Do it now. Stop making excuses. Because what would happen, I got this call a couple days ago. Listen to the message yesterday. I'm going to call her today or tomorrow. Because if I put it off, what's going to happen? I'll say, oh, yeah, she hasn't called back then. Maybe they decided not to do it. I'll just let it go. Opportunity totally wasted. Do it now because that's where the Holy Spirit is moving you. Now, not tomorrow, not next week. Do it now. Time is running out. And all these things here, husbands, wives, not having them, that's about your relationships. Weeping, rejoicing, that's about your psychology and your emotions. Buying, owning, using the world, that's about our profession, our vocations, and our possessions. It's everything we are. Our relationships, how we think, how we feel, how we act. Every thought, word, and action. Right now, 
be the lens that refracts God's love, the refulgence of his, his love into the lives of the people that you encounter. And do it now because those people are there right now for a reason. For a reason. And you're supposed to do something. Not yell at them, not judge them. But through the relationship you have with Jesus, that love you share with them, you develop a relationship with them, you empathize with them, you care for them, and in that, they will open up their hearts and ye, and they will discover the deep desire that rests there. And, and the love of Jesus through you that is the answer to that desire. This lady who I'm going to have coffee with has no idea what's, what's coming her way. And I want you, because you're part of this too, I want you to put that couple on this altar at this Mass and I want you to pray for them. And I want you to pray for me that I have a fruitful conversation. That whatever the Lord wants me to give them, they will receive because I love them first. Jesus calls these guys, calls them by name. He's got a relationship with them. And only after that does he call them and say, follow me. And they do it right away. Not tomorrow, not next week, but right now. These guys left everything. Their wives, their emotions, their possessions, their vocations. They left it all. So must we. In a metaphorical sense, you leave everything on this altar today. Everything you are. Put it right here. Because that's what you're supposed to do. And in putting it here, Jesus changes it into that which will effectively, profoundly, gloriously be the lens which refracts his, his glory and love into the lives of the people by which you use these things. There's your power. There's your vocation. That's why you're here. That's why that couple, I want them there. I want them here. So should we all, right? So, brothers and sisters, uh, let's get to work.